Chapter 16 of Yechezkel is a very famous chapter and a very long chapter. It begins by, by Hidvar Hashem Elai Lemar Ben Adam Hodat Yerushalayim et Tawabotela. O mortal, proclaim Jerusalem's abominations to her and say, say to Jerusalem, Koamar Hashem Elokim Yerushalayim Mecharotayich omoladatayich me'eretz hakni by origin and birth, you are from the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. These are Canaanites. Chapter begins with a parable. Talks about the origins of the Israelite nation, which according to Yechezkel are Canaanite, and describes the birth. As for your birth, when you were born, your navel cord was not cut. You were not bathed in water to smooth you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor were you swaddled. No one pitied you enough to do any of these things for you, out of compassion for you. On the day you were born, you were left dying, left lying, maybe dying as well, rejected in the open field. I passed by and saw you wallowing in your blood, and I said to you, live in spite of your blood. Yes, I said to you, live in spite of your blood. And the next verse, I let you grow like plants of the field. You continue to grow up until you attain to womanhood, puberty. Your breasts became firm and your hair sprouted. You were still naked and bare. Now these verses, actually, two of them, are familiar to us. The first, which is verse number six, about the person walking by and sees a newborn who has not been cared for, wallowing in its blood. And this person passes by and sees this, this rejected newborn. And I said, even in your blood live, even in your blood live, so the custom is to recite this verse at a circumcision. And there is also a tradition which was instituted by the Ari, the great Kabbalist, to recite this verse as one of the verses we recite at the Seder. In the first of four verses of the wandering Aramean that are the core text of the Seder, the Ari has this has us reciting this verse. Uh, it's a it's a midrash. That in in Egypt, my ancestor went down to Egypt, few in number, became there a great nation. And on each of these verses, there were several other verses that are cited. The verse that is recited in the classical Haggadah and the primary verse on the word varav, which means numerous. 
is verse number seven, is the next verse. That Varav, which means numerous, is interpreted by the Haggadah, the one who organized the Haggadah, as related to the word Rivava, and also the word Vatirbi. Rivava means many. Rivava can mean 10,000, actually. It means many. I made you many, like the grass of the field. And then Vatirbi Vatigdali, you were many, but here it means you grew up. It describes the child that grows up. She arrives at puberty, but is still bare and naked. The, there's an additional custom to recite verse number six, which is the previous verse, to recite afterwards and describes the one who passes by upon the birth of this baby. Verse number seven talks about the child's already grown up. And then, in verse number eight, he passes by again. I saw you, and it was a time for love had arrived. I covered up your nakedness. I swore to you. I entered into a covenant with you, said God, and you became mine. And I printed you up, and I gave you oils, and I dressed you in beautiful garments. Uh, embroidered garments, sandals of leather, fine linen about your head. I decked you out in finery in verse 11, put a ring in your nose and earrings in your ears, and a splendid crown on your head. You adorned yourself with gold and silver. Your apparel was of fine linen, silk, and embroidery. Your food was choice, flour, honey, and oil. You grew more and more beautiful and became fit for royalty. Your beauty when you fame among the nations. It was perfected through the splendor which I set upon you, declares the Lord. So there are two different images over here in this parable. The first has to do with someone who sees a deserted infant, deserted newborn, wallowing in its blood. And the second has to do the child grows up and has arrived at puberty, has arrived at one might say adulthood in a certain sense, but is still naked and bare. And these are two different pictures of Israel that we encountered when we engaged at the Seder, the Haggadah. The first has to do with the one who passes by and sees the potential in something. You have a newborn child wallowing in his blood, encased in blood, but the passerby sees the possibilities. The newborn baby can do nothing, is completely helpless, covered with blood. But the one who passes by, which in the parable is God, sees the potential. And this has to do with Israel and Egypt. At the Seder, we were a bunch of slaves, beaten down by Pharaoh, by the Egyptians, with afflictions, and we lost our sense of purpose, and we lost our identity. And we despaired. And we didn't even have the power to cry out. We accepted to some degree the suffering, the burden. Maybe we deserve it. Who knows what we were thinking. But God saw the possibilities in his people. And for that we are ever grateful. Took us out of bondage. And gave us the ability to make choices. That's the first verse. That's verse number six. The primary verse, actually, is verse number seven. Verse number seven 
So the Haggadah explains Varav, many, not to mean numerous, but to mean growing up. You arrived at a certain stage in life. We would call it adolescence. And it means you are, from one perspective, an adult. But from another perspective, you are naked and bare. You begin to imagine who you, who you could be. That's the story of Israel in, in Egypt. We begin with the beginnings of freedom, the beginnings of peoplehood. We begin to imagine our possibilities. But we still are naked and bare. Because leaving Egypt doesn't turn you into a full-fledged spiritual being. That's the point of the journey in the desert and beyond. That's the point of standing at Sinai. That's the point of building the tabernacle. So the Haggadah, which talks about the descent into Egypt and the beginnings of nation is, as we reflect upon our history and the beginnings of our people, so the primary verse is the second, which is that God took us out of Egypt. We were beginning to realize who we are, and God begins a process, an interactive process, and a lengthy process with its struggles, with its ups and downs, so that we can finally come to a realization of our possibilities. That's the primary verse. The Kabbalists add the other verse as well, which talks about the God who sees our potential, even when nobody else could possibly see it. Now, of course, chapter 16 begins that way, in the very famous parable. But that's not what chapter 16 is largely about. What chapter 16 is largely about, and we'll come back to this later in later chapters, what chapter 16 is largely about is that the one who has been redeemed, this baby who's been redeemed at birth, and the young woman redeemed at puberty, how they very quickly, when they attain royalty, when they attain beauty, they forget how they got where they are. And of course, there's a long description over here in a highly sexualized account. The language in Cheskel is quite sexualized, but it's a description of how Israel, in this case, I would say people, generally speaking, forget how they got where they are. And they begin to attribute their success to all kinds of other things, to their own beauty, to other peoples, and they forget the source of their freedom and the source of their possibilities. So that's what this chapter is about. Chapter 16, it's a long description, has many interesting pieces. Unfortunately, they turned it into one chapter when it should be three chapters. That's how the chapter begins. The chapter does end with promises of restoration. Hopefully, in the ensuing chapters, we'll have a chance to reference back to chapter 16, which is a very central chapter in the book of Yechezkel.